everybody. Welcome to a very, very special edition of A Wrestling With The Future. I'm your host, like Mean Mangelo, and this is Ladies Night Out, part two. So good we had to do it again. Dan the man. How you doing, brother? I'm great, Angelo. Like you said, you so nice to do it twice. You are host extraordinaire, Dan the man, Sebastiano, the happy haberdasher. How you doing tonight? Everything good? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like you said, so nice. We'll do it twice. Absolutely. We're joined tonight by a couple of legends, and Casey Carlisle's here, too. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that, because with the ladies on the line, you are a thousand percent correct. I will not argue that at all. Let me introduce you to our all-star panel. We're going to talk about ladies, fierce fighting females of the squared circle. We're joined tonight by... The legendary, the outspoken, always, always controversial, yet enigmatic and wonderful lady, Princess Victoria. How you doing, Vicky? I'm doing fine. That was a hell of an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) And is he wrong? No. (laughs) You can't argue with the truth. (laughs) We are also joined by former NWA Ladies World Champion, the inimitable queen of wrestling, hashtag queen of wrestling, Casey Carlisle. How you doing, Casey? Hi, I'm spectacular. How are you? I'm absolutely wonderful. So good. If there were two of me, it'd be a crime. <laughs> I'm good. Shut up. <laughs> and we are joined also by the irrepressible irrefutable, undeniable sorceress Morgan, Jennifer Lynn Lopez. Hey, Jen, how are you? Hello, hello. I'm good. Hanging in there. Best I can. And last but certainly not least, a legend by anyone's standards, the incomparable, the legendary Judy Martin. How are you, Judy? I'm doing fine. How's everybody else doing? Very well. Very well tonight. Not bad for a Thursday night. <laughs> well, we Glad to be did, on the line uh, with you ladies. That's how I'm feeling. Yes. We, we actually did part one of Ladies Night. Uh, Casey was a big part of that. And we got such a response to it, we had to do part two. Um, we want to talk tonight. I'm going to start off. We're going to forego the formalities. I'm going to start off with the state of women's wrestling. Um, I watched something today that I was very, very surprised, actually, really surprised to find out that when women's wrestling comes on television, people tune off. They're not watching the women's matches, generally speaking. And I got to find out why. Vicky, why? Well... If they're not watching the women of honor on ROH, I can pretty much understand that. Um, I don't watch, well, let me rephrase that. I have not watched the WWE women's wrestling since 1987. Mm. Oh, wow. When, when Vinny, and I refuse to call him Mr. McMahon, <laughs> when Vinny turned it into a Freaking freak side show where it was you didn't have to have talent, you didn't have to know an arm bar from the headlock, all you had to do was have big tits and a, sh- and a big ass. 
Well, not lying. Nope. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's truth to that. You know, um, I had a show last week where uh, I got a little a little heat from a couple of people on Facebook for saying that women wrestlers today don't match up to the caliber of the ladies of days gone by. That basically the they're hiring supermodels. And teaching them how to take a one or two bumps, and I got beat up for that. Now, if I'm lying, ah, I'm you should you should have called me. <laughs> you you, you should have called me. Um, a, I'm not going to say there are not any good professional women wrestlers today. They're hard to well, come by. They say, really are. What I am going to say is you're not watching the right show. You're not going to the right show. Okay. Um, we got two ladies. Well, Women of Honor on ROH, number one, Sakai. Um, there, there's Taylor Hendricks. There's uh, Ke- uh, Kelly Klein. Um there's so many names on ROH that escape me. Every time that the women's matches come on ROH, yeah. on my television, I turn into a mark. And to turn me into a mark, you've got to know how to wrestle. Okay. But then again, I can turn around and I have been shown, led to some YouTube videos that were women's wrestling, and I switched them off within the first 15 seconds. Yeah. Uh, the first thing is, is if you don't know how to properly lock up, get your butt out of the ring. Yeah. If you don't know how to properly throw a forearm, and when I mean proper, I mean coming all the way from right field, and landing your entire arm across somebody's chest, not in their mouth, not across their nose, yeah. and not doing that up and down crap, yeah. you're on the right. Well, to her credit, there is a woman on our panel tonight who throws a hell of a forearm, and she's got a hell of a working punch, and her name's Casey Carlisle. Casey, jump in here. <laughs> I was going to say that. Uh, Casey, I did mention Casey Carlisle. Casey is a tribute to women's wrestling. Amen. Thank you. I'm blushing. <laughs> Don't get all shy on me now, kid. Well, it's, you know. Hey, 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 quit walking the fans and be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, for me, you know, anybody who knows me, has followed me, probably has, hopefully, um, has watched my work. I strive to be a tribute to the ladies who came before me in the attitude, in the style, in um, the psychology and, you know, not getting in there to do gymnastics or to uh, regurgitate something that I choreographed that afternoon with, you know, a lot of rolling and twisting. and, And I get in there to try to be very physical, very aggressive. Um, you know, and and wrestle and and be well. You know, give it its respect instead of just I'm going to throw on something where my ass hangs out, which yeah. is fine. My ass does hang out, well, but I try to if, make it count for something too. And, and if I may, let me just interject. There is something else you do that I think is a 
tribute to one of the people that you've admired, and she's actually on the show tonight. You actually entertain people, uh, and you do it well, and you work your ass off. One of the people that you mentioned on the first episode of Ladies Night Out was Judy Martin. You mentioned her by name. Well, she's here tonight. Judy, jump into the conversation. Uh, tell us what's missing. In today's, in to, to, for me, in today's wrestling, it's the story, the, miss, the part is missing is the story you're telling with your body. Your body tells a story out there without ever saying a word. And, you know, if you, if you know the moves and if you've been trained properly, you, you, will, you won't even have to talk in the ring out there. Hey, and you thank you so pull. much. Thank you. You, will, you would have to be, you would be able to pull off everything that someone give you by, when you locked up with them, you'd automatically know if they know what they're doing out there because there's just a, a feel that you get from a person when you lock up that, you know, that they know what they're doing and you can entrust with them. I think that's, yeah. I think that's what is turning missing. Go ahead, Vicky. And that they, and they listen to, they listen a lot to the guys and stuff like that. And a guy cannot, I mean, they can teach a girl how to work and everything, but a girl's body is totally different than a guy's. We got boobs and they don't, I mean, they don't have what you have to work with with the ladies yeah. out there. <laughs> Go ahead, Vicky, jump in. Seriously important and it's very true. When when you're in that ring and you go to lock up with somebody, you may never have met them before. You may have never, you know, you may know who they are, but you may have never met them because you're in a different dressing room. But as soon as you lock up, the feel, the look, if if it's not there, you know you're in trouble. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. You have to have chemistry. If you don't have that chemistry, there's there's a disaster right there. Well, right. Jen, you know, it's interesting that you chimed in there because I was just going to ask you. You're one of the few people here. I think Casey may have also, but you're one of the few people here that have, have worked with the guys and against the guys. There's clearly a difference in physiology, but there's also a difference in style. Oh yeah. How to approach. Uh, a match with another well, woman. Well, okay. Um, I mean, I about what I say eight years ago, I went up against a guy, and he's like, "Oh, you're a woman. You can't do nothing." I'm sorry. Just because I have boobs up on my up above my body and not below my dick doesn't mean I can't wrestle. <laughs> like sorry. I mean. This guy was like, oh, you can't wrestle. All right, you son of a bitch. I got you. And he was pissed because he had to lose to me. And he's like, oh, you're a girl. You don't know how to wrestle. You don't know how to wrestle. Uh, I beg to defer. But okay. But um, I mean, a lot of the guys that I have dealt with over the years, because I am a female, think I can't do what they do. Yes, my body type is different. However, I'm not a pushover. There you go. 
There you go. Jenny, Absolutely. Jenny, it sounds like you've been hooking up with a bunch of freaking prima donnas. Oh, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have uh, because, no idea. She's absolutely right. <laughs> I, I don't even have to see the match or know the name by what they said. A good wrestler can wrestle anybody. Absolutely. And yes, should. Yes, there's a difference in the style that the guys wrestle than the girls wrestle. You know, sometimes, you know, we go right, they go left. But as far as the moves or the psychology in the ring, absolutely, there's, there's really no difference in my mind. And any man who walked up to a woman who's been wrestling as long as you have and is over like you are, Jenny, and says something like that, needs his freaking boots super glued to the ceiling. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I hope you went. I, I really hope, Jenny, when you were in the rain, you went to Idaho on it. Oh, you have. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I did. Good. One of the guys, I, I, I did a, I did a For, chop, and one of the guys goes, Holy shit, she just chopped him like you would thought it was like a thunderclap. For, <laughs> for those in the. Uh, Jen, if I may interject for a second, for those in the audience who might not get that reference, can you explain what that means to go Idaho on somebody? Lay it in as hard as you can lay it in. It comes it's from the uh, it comes from the old potatoing someone. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're old not school. working anymore. It, it's a shoot. Absolutely. Yep. And Absolutely. Well, and if somebody were to disrespect me like they disrespected Jenny, they they might crawl out of the ring. I don't care how big they are. Because that's one thing Sandy Barr taught me. You take them out of the knee, they can be haystack Calhoun. If you give them a sidekick to the knee, yeah. they're going to crawl out of the ring. Well, Jennifer comes from the Wahoo McDaniel School of Chops, so I think she's and okay. I'll I'm sure she is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, let me uh, let me let me have you, ask you, ladies, to expand on that. You were talking about uh, inter intergender matches. Uh, it's been some very good ones through the years. Good intergender tag matches. With recent shifts, uh, TNA having uh, Tessa Blanchard as their heavyweight champion. Uh, recent backstage rumors in the WWE that they're going to transition Charlotte Flair into uh, programs with men. While y'all seem to be in agreement that there's really nothing wrong with that, what are your opinions on putting the main title of a show, of, a, of the main heavyweight title on a female competitor? If she can do it just as well as a man, why not give her the opportunity? Well, I'd be interested Put the word in... right out of my mouth. Yeah. A woman can do it just as well as a man. Shit, we give birth to children. Y'all can't. So what's the difference? I think I'm the only one here in the minority opinion when it comes to this. And I think uh -oh. Angela uh, knows. Actually not, Casey. I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a proponent of that. To I'm me, really um, it when it comes to, and I've, I've said this multiple times on multiple platforms, and I think it came up during the first ladies' night and, and so forth. Um, 
to me, when it comes down to the intergender matches themselves, and I'm not talking about the true ability of a female or a male, I'm not talking about the true ability of the participants, whether they be male or female, I think, of course, women and men are capable of the same things. And sometimes women are more capable. So, you know, we all have our strengths. It's to me, it's not about the legit shoot aspect of it. But when it comes to the execution of working an intergender match, I have never and I've participated in plenty of them. I because that's been what's booked. I'm not so against it where I'm going to tell a book or no, you know, if it goes into a storyline, if it makes sense, if there's a reason behind it, fine. But at the end of the day, and I'll use myself as an example because I can speak for myself and nobody else. um, If I'm in there with a guy, I worked a guy um, recently or several months ago at this point who is a good foot taller than I am, at least. And he's a big jacked up guy. And I said to him, I'm not going to take you off your feet unless it's from the second rope. I am not, you know, I'm not a skinny girl, but I am five foot two. And my genetic physical makeup is so far off and different than him. I said, I'm not going to be bumping you around the ring like I would a girl who's comparable in size to me because I shouldn't. Not unless I wear you down, wear you down, wear you down. And then, like I said, if I climb up on the second, and I think that's what happened. And then after I've worn you down, there I want there to be a reason. Because to me, we work so hard to, you know, when I am laying those forearms in and yeah. I am working the, as hard as I work, I want that crowd to believe for a second that what I'm doing is a shoot and that it's real. And I want them to forget that. It's a work that it's predetermined. And so I I don't like the idea of working so hard to get people emotionally invested into my match just to then turn around and in the first two minutes of a match, I'm going to bump a guy who's six foot four and almost 300 pounds with one clothesline. It just feels so counterintuitive and it's like throwing it back in their face. It doesn't come off as believable. That's the problem. And I just can't bring myself, you know, when I do work, guys, which I do and I will, that's fine, as I said. But the psychology and how we go about mapping out that match is going to be wildly different. Unless it's a guy who's comparable in size to me, that's completely different. Then it makes sense, you know, for me. Um, But in other situations, I just, I can't bring myself to just act like, Hi, we don't have this size difference, and you're not real big, huge, you know, uh, bulky muscle head guy. Yeah, Judy Martin. Okay. Hey, I have I have one question on this. Okay, I agree. Is her name was your name Jenny? Jennifer, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, is Jennifer? Mm-hmm. Okay, Jennifer, I agree with you a hundred percent. My thing is, okay, you say um, what? Um, Charlie's daughter is um, the champion in one group, right? Correct. Uh, Tessa, Tessa Blanchard's the TNA heavyweight champion right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Are what the guys look like in her in that organization? Are they big guys, small guys, or what? Combination of both. Okay. Yeah, they're they're moderate. They're, the largest oh, the, is maybe the, six two, six three, something like that. I, I would. I mean, the. Uh, uh, 
what's his name? Archer, the, the guy she won the title off of was, I think, maybe 6'3", 6'4", 285, yeah, something like that. Arch. Yeah. Uh, was that believable? Who watched that match? Is that not, believable? Well, no. N- not, not I, I watched it. I wasn't, I wasn't impressed, to be honest with you, but that's just me. Yeah, it was... It was I hate to say it, but it's one of those David and Goliath moments where the 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 line between entertainment and believability was blurred to the point where, like like Casey was saying, I'm watching a, a smaller female knocking somebody off their feet with a forearm two minutes into the match, and it just it it's obvious you're bumping and selling at that point and not actually working together. Judy, I have a question for you, real quick question. Okay. Casey and uh, and your friend Vicky mentioned a word that's very near and dear to my heart, one that I talk a lot about on this program almost weekly, in fact. The word psychology. What happened to the art of working psychology? I just, I because a lot of, you know, the people that, tra- that was started training, I guess, later on has forgot the part of the psychology part. All they taught was the bump part and some and some um, holes and stuff to get the person by. Yeah. And then when they go when they go out there and work, most of them probably worked as a jobber. Start off with they had, which that means they couldn't get any psychology of it because they were getting the crow beat out of them all the time. <laughs> and also, they I just think they just lost sight of it. Like Princess Victoria. I have to agree with Casey 100%. Even though I like and have done intergender matches, I mean, Buddy Rose, when I first came into business, Buddy Rose took me over like a million dollars. He beat my ass to a pulp. Yeah. But he put me over. Absolutely. Um, but there's a way to do it. And maybe I misspoke. What I meant by the, the, the psychology, the psychology in an intergender match is actually the same as in a male-to-male or a female-to-female match. Absolutely. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm five foot eight and a half, slowly shrinking. Um, but, and if they put me up against a woman who outweighs me by 25 pounds and 6 inches, she shouldn't be taking a bump every time I give her a forearm. Exactly. But Judy um, mentioned something, and I want to pick up, Vicki, where she, where she uh, left off at. The psychology factor is only believable if the two people involved in that match know how to sell, know how to work, and understand that the people they're working to want to believe that they're having a fight. Absolutely correct. I've gotten real close with the fan base in the last several years. They want old school wrestling back. They don't want to see this bumpity, 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 finish, 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 bumpity, bumpity, count two, finish, count two, finish, count two, finish. You know, they they know we're not Superwoman or Superman. Mm -hmm. 
And if you pile drive somebody three freaking times in one match and you don't get a three count, what is the psychology? But then you go over with a schoolboy. <laughs> you know, I, I've been in too many, maybe I've been in too many dressing rooms here in the last five years. And the one thing, and I've said this before on your show, the one thing that gets my hair standing on in is, well, I got to get my this in, and I got to get my this in, and I got to get my this in. And they're sitting there for two hours talking over a 15 minute match. You know what, Vicky? Thank <laughs> you. Overkill. That's what that is. Yep. The last time you were on the show, you and I spoke about that. As, and I mentioned exactly that. The, my biggest pet peeve, and thank you, Vicky, for bringing it up. And Dan and will, every, will tell you, everyone who, who has been on this show will tell you, my biggest, pardon my language, fucking pet peeve is people spending 40 minutes going over a six-minute match. That's uh, just beauty. 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 Yes. Yes. How long did we ever talk over our matches, be they five minutes, ten minutes, forty-five minutes, or an hour? No, when it, I remember them coming in telling us, "Well, the baby face is over. Work out your finish." That's it. Every, there you go. And ever, 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 what that girl, we, you know, if the baby face is over. Say, Vicky's going over. Ever what Vicky used special as a finish? What you gonna use, Vicky? She'll tell me. Hold it in the ring. Yeah, that's right. Well, we we pretty much knew the finish in the dressing room, but there have been times things have changed. Sure. Yeah. In the ring, you know, maybe this finish isn't the finish we need for the crowd. Maybe and the crowd is isn't reacting to this. You know, maybe me being a little bit of a tweener isn't working, and I need to get down on my knee, hands and knees and do some selling. You know, you never knew. We never knew what we never knew what we were going to do in the ring yeah. until we were in the ring. Exactly, and that's my point. You call it in the ring. You create spontaneity. You create. A feel for the audience, oh, what's going to happen? Because they don't know, and they shouldn't know. The problem is everybody's smartened up before the fucking bell rings. I'm sorry. That's the second F-bomb tonight, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I really fucking wish you would fucking quit saying fuck. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Angelo, Vicky yeah. will tell you this time, this too. A lot of times... There's been times when we say just go out there and play it by ear. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You know yeah. what? Princess Call Vicky, it in the ring. Will, will you do me a favor, darling? Would you tell the story that you shared with me on Facebook Messenger with uh, Judy Martin? <laughs> Judy, please oh. remember I love you. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what town we were in. I think it was somewhere in Texas or Louisiana because Judy and I used to, for some reason, get sent to Bill a lot. And we were on live TV. And as you all, by watching Judy's matches, know 
Jimmy had a pair, and there was no getting around him. <laughs> and every time she body slammed me and land on me, I got smothered. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, so one day we were on live TV. This was not a tape match. This was a live match. And Judy did something. She went to cover me, and that those things were right in my face. And I reached up and blew a sherbet on her. <laughs> oh, gosh. She jumped up like a scalded cat, and that match was on YouTube. If you see the match with me and Judy, where she jumps up, and she's pointing, and she's running around the ring anywhere but where I am, that's what happened when she jumped up. And I've seen that match, and it's a classic. And, uh, and Judy, she's absolutely right. You, you had a... A uh, set, yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, Lord. Do you remember that match? I remember. <laughs> oh. So were you a bit startled when you got the sherbet treatment? Oh. I was like, I don't know whether I should go ahead and, go, go ahead and pick her ass or what now. <laughs> <laughs> The the thing is, Judy and I, and this is something I need to stress for people coming into the business. If you can't have a good time in that ring, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, go find another job. Exactly. Yep. Casey Carl, that's a perfect segue to bring you in. Because you are one woman who really enjoys what she does. I do. I'm living my childhood dream. I said at eight years old I was going to do it, and I'm lucky and blessed enough to be able to do it. What do you do, Casey, to make it fresh every time you walk out? Knowing that you may face the same person tonight that you'll face next week or have faced in the past. What do you do for, for yourself? Do you have a ritual you go through? Or some kind of prep you go through to uh, to get yourself in the in that fresh state of mindset. Not to be honest with you, not really. A lot of it depends on the circumstances. If it is somebody who um, I've been having a series of matches with, normally once a month. There's not too many places where I work back to back, week to week. But monthly, there is. There's a couple. And, um, you know, if it's a situation like that, then the thing that's primarily at the forefront of my mind is just making sure that we don't repeat any sequences. Um, Or if we do, you know, meaning the same exact series of events, uh, you know, the baby faces, you know, if she wants to start firing up, I, I tell her in the back, you know, what did you do last time? Let's make sure you switch it up. Or... Um, if we are going to run something like that, you know, I use the psychology to our advantage, meaning if, if, you know, the baby face wants to run the same kind of shine on me after a match or two as a heel, I'm going to cut her off way earlier in the third match than I did the first one, because now I'm familiar with it instead of just, you know, oh, she got me with this four times. 
you know, in four months in a row, but I'm still falling for it. As a heel, I might just punch her in the face when she's coming off with whatever. And then we work in, you know, some hope or some shine for her later in a different way. Um, you know, or sometimes I suggest little, um, little hope things or something for my baby face if they're having trouble or if, or if they're green, you know, and they are feeling nervous or something, I might suggest something for them. But I try to make sure that I don't do that often because mm -hmm. I don't want people to watch my matches and say, why is there four different baby faces who came up with the same type of thing on, on the same heel? Exactly. So you have to be careful. To God wants you. Exactly. <laughs> um, other than that, it's just, you know, if it is like a, a program we're running or something, I, I try to find out from the booker, where are we going with this? What is the end goal? And then, you know, maybe we need to get a count out. Not every match has to end in a pin. Maybe I chicken shit at some point and I need to get counted out. Maybe I need to get disqualified. I don't give a shit if I go over or not. I give a shit about what makes the best story to present to the fans who were trying to say, come back next month because well, we're going to give you a reason. Case, you know, sometimes the best finish to a match is a non-finish. Look at, uh, you know, we can look at history. You know, Bruno San Martino, uh, you know, lost as many matches as he won but remained champion for many, many years because, you know, at the end of a match, maybe he'd take a powder. Maybe he'd get counted out. There was always that anticipation of the next match. We don't, ha that's lost now. We don't have that now. Uh, which brings me to this question, and I want Vicky uh, and Casey and Judy to chime in because you all have something in common. You've all held multiple titles throughout the country. Is a women's title important, unimportant, or inconsequential now in today's female wrestling genre? I want one of them to go first because I want to hear what they have to say. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Vicki. Why would you think I would have anything to say? <laughs> because you're Vicky. Because I respect you two more than I respect myself, and I want to hear what you have to say more. <laughs> um, once again, once again, I'm going to go back to WOH and ROH. Their women's title is consequential. Because there is a there's a story, there's a psychology. You know, Suey had it for a while. Kelly had it for a while. You know, and 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 Suey Suey's one hell of a wrestler. She she's about Casey's size, five foot two, but she is a stick of dynamite. Um, and it's consequential because you're going in there, and and Suey knows how to sell. You're not even me being as smartened up as I am, having been a professional wrestler, watching those matches, I'm not sure who's going to win. Exactly. But this WWE crap, you know, it's like Johnny come lately, uh, uh, the, the new kid in town. You know, as soon as Ronda Lucy uh, hit the scene, you knew she was going to be the champion. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, it, 
other than ROH and WOH that I've seen, the women's belts don't mean diddly frickin' squat anymore. It's just, it's just a piece of metal. You know, in Judy and I's time, and Judy will tell you that, this. You know, when she, when she was fighting for her title, you didn't know who was going to win. Yeah. The fans didn't, and they're sitting there, and they're on bated breath. Because they don't exactly. know until that third hit on the mat who's really going to win. And it was a fight. That's it wasn't exactly a freaking talent show. It wasn't a talent show. It wasn't a wiggle bit, wiggle butt uh, wonder. It was a wrestling match. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Jennifer, you're a unique yes. individual on this panel because not only are you a uh, worker and manager, but you also promote wrestling and you're an owner. So my yes, question I am. To you is, how do you now, in 2020, promote women on your shows? Well, we actually have um, decided that we are going to do a mixed tag team um, to talent both women on each side as well as men on each side. Um, I have designed our um, title for our women's title. Um, it will not be known as the women's title. It will be known as the goddess title because every woman that holds a t that title is a goddess in her own right. Interesting. Nice. Interesting. I like it. Judy and Martin. <laughs> yes. Judy Martin, my dear. You have held over the course of your career numerous titles in a multitude of federations. How important in your day was that belt around your waist? I think it, it went, I think each individual person that held that belt, I think it was something that showed them that they had made it, if they had made it once they got that title, you know, as a professional, as a professional. And I also think the fans thought more of that title than they do nowadays. Mm -hmm. Interesting. They, rec they recognize that title as you being number one. Nowadays, I don't think they, the fans themselves see it as that. They just see it as a, like a decoration around a waist. Well, my contention, Judy, has been of late in the last few years that the title is nothing more than a marketing tool. Right. To get people to buy replica belts. When Casey Carlisle wore the mm -hmm. NWA strap, you knew she wore it because she was the best female wrestler on the circuit. Okay. When uh, Princess Victoria or Judy Martin wore a title, they were the best at what they did. Now, mm -hmm. it's inconsequential whether you have a belt. It's a marketing tool as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Dan, jump in here, please. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and you saw that in the trend we were speaking of earlier where women's wrestling evolved away from wrestling into the pudding matches and all that stuff. When you yeah. would have uh, various models, people with clearly no in-ring ability or desire to even improve or have in-ring ability were, were the they women's champion. Um, I remember... Bronze panty match. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, w- you know, the, the, the WWF had uh, people, everyone from, from Stephanie McMahon to, uh, you know, just, just like I said, just random models. WCW had their women's title on a man for a little while as a joke. Yeah. And it was clearly the, 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 the title was, was nothing. Um, it, you, you, it, it's kind of, we, we talked about them before we were recording, but, but, uh, something Vince Russo said in an interview years ago, when he talked about his mindset behind the title, he called him, he said it was a prop to push, push the narrative. And there exactly. came a point where the belt itself, which it's funny, we use that, you used the word strap earlier, belts, not even a word, feder- some federations are allowed to use anymore. It's title. You can't, and heaven forbid you say strap, you get fired. Um, but, but you, you have these, these, the, they're they're props that you, that's part of the reason the belts are redesigned so frequently uh sell them more more of them and it's it maybe now they've there's been more of a push in the recent rise the the women's revolution i think is what social media dubbed it where certain titles do mean more but the women's title it goes to kind of my question means a little less when there's a yeah. push to put the the men's title on a woman well what is the women's title worth now you 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 kind of have both narratives going at the same time. Okay, I well, have to chime in on that real quick. Go ahead. Um, if you guys remember, um, it wasn't that long ago. Tessa Blanchard said the only reason why she start she started fighting with the or uh, started wrestling with the men was because the girls were too easy, and she was tired of not you know getting anywhere. So she decided she put a tweet out. I want to say about maybe six months to a year ago stating that she was tired of, of wrestling a lot of these prissy women because all they did was bitch and moan, and she wanted a real challenge. So right. that's when she did said that she wanted to wrestle the men. Well, Is that I, something I, that she said well, in on, character, Dave, knowing what was coming? That's what yeah. I thought at the beginning, Casey, but sh- somebody you know called her out on it. She says, no, I'm fucking tired of dealing with these prissy women i am on in re on real with you guys i'm done i want to work the men i want a challenge i I don't know the woman myself but i do remember seeing her tweeting that and she got pissed because somebody called her out on it and she's like oh no 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 no. see i actually want to have that push and be able to strive and prove that well the person you're talking about jen is a young lady named Jordan Grace. No, I'm talking actually about Tessa. Oh, Tessa. Yeah, oh, okay. I, Tessa I, I did think, that. Oh, I thought you were talking about the statement that Jordan made. No, she, okay. no Jordan she's made right. the same thing. You know, uh, uh, talk real, not not kayfabe, not storyline. Tessa Blanchard did say she was tired of wrestling women with the quality of women wrestlers today. But yep. I think that that also fuels the, my narrative is the you know she's the TNA heavyweight champion or w- whatever they're calling themselves now and impact. so uh, impact, what's that yeah. impact so it's she's the impact, impact heavyweight yeah. champion yeah. so if you're the if she's the impact champion then the impact women's champion isn't the best w- woman on the roster exactly exactly and what's that say for the women's division it, exactly say much at all it's stale. Exactly. Go ahead, Casey. Jump a lot away from the women. Well, let me put it this way: you guys, you were talking about how this woman, and I don't, I don't know her, so forgive me for not using her name, 
was tired of the bitching, the whining, and the crying. You know, and and not wanting to take uh, take a fall. You know, not wanting to do a job. When Judy and I were wrestling, it didn't matter who went over. You know, it didn't matter if we were in this motel, motel. You know, the boys would do the best to take care of us and make sure we got the right hotels and all that. Sure. And, right. and sometimes traveling as a woman was not easy. And there were women in my time, and Brett Hart will tell you who they are. I'm not going to mention their name. Right. But Brett told me on his show that the one thing that he loved about Velvet, me, Judy, and Leilani was that when we came to Calgary, we went with the flow. You guys, and his exact words were, you guys were one of the boys. Exactly. You, you, you weren't calling my dad every day and complaining about the situation or the person you had to ride with. You know, you got in the car, you put your grip in the, in the trunk, you got in the car, and you went to the town. And my dad never heard a word from any of the four of you. So I can understand what this woman is talking about. If she's talking about these women are bitching, whining, and crying, and she doesn't want to wrestle them, I don't blame her. Well, by the same token, Vicki, I think uh, we need to put things into context here, and and Tessa Blanchard needs a reality check. It's a work. Okay. This is it's true. Work. If there's yeah. a problem with the people that she's working, it's because they don't know how to work. Uh, this is true. This is true. And, it's the, and that goes back to the promoter's lap. If the promoter is booking green, greenies who haven't trained properly, who haven't had enough experience in the ring without a crowd, Right. And that's the promoter's issue. Right. That means the promoter is not doing his job. Exactly. And I've got I've got a broken collarbone from the promoter. And I don't I don't blame the girl that it happened with. He trained her for three weeks and shoved her in the ring with me. Yeah. Yeah. And she went to give me a knee off the ropes and instead of giving a knee. She took the knee, right knee up, and then can, can, can I cut you off here for a second, ladies? Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. to cut you off. We have a uh, surprise guest caller. Angelo, you want to introduce our special guest on the line? Who's on the line? It is uh, a friend of ours from here in the North Garia and VCW and a glow legend, ladies. Uh, our special guest call in is Gremolina. Oh, Grimmy. Everybody. Gremlina, how you doing, Grimmy? I'm doing just fantastic. How are you handling all these lovely ladies? Grimmy, we got a night of legends here. We got Judy Martin with us, Princess Victoria. I know. Casey Carlisle, Jennifer Lopez, and Grimmy. Gremlina. How you doing, kid? Where are you? Where are you calling from? Me? Uh, Richmond. Richmond, Virginia. Yes. So listen, uh, you came in at a great time. We're talking about uh, 
We're also talking about the art of working. What? When you started, who brought you, Remy, and uh, who taught you how to work? Who, who taught me how to work? Uh, yeah. Colonel Nanichka. Colonel Nanichka. You know that name, Vicky Colonel Nanuchka? Yes, no, but that, that's, uh, I know Grammy well. We've met on several occasions, and he trained her well. Exactly. So, Grammy, let me ask you, uh, let, let's, ask, let's bring you right into the fold here. What happened to the art of psychology? Uh, what was that? Uh, can you repeat that again? Sure. What happened to the art of psychology? It went the way of uh, everything else in the crapper. <laughs> another another guest willing to sugarcoat her thoughts. Hey, my name ain't Candy. It's Sandy, and I don't sugarcoat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Grimlina is a student of the Princess Victoria School of Etiquette. Amen. <laughs> Amen and I for love that. me some I love me some Vicky. I got to work with her for one night at VCW. A true legend and a true lady. I love you, Shandy. I, I worked I, I worked with Grimmy at uh at uh, BFW. Um and that that's another independent show that actually puts on real wrestling. Yeah. Old school wrestling. Exactly. Grimmy gives them her body all the time. And she still uses that damn whip. <laughs> you know, what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I covered my ankles. <laughs> that you had to. And I've worked with, a, I've, I've seen Casey Carlisle wrestle when I've done VCW shows. Yeah, another been there at the same time. Another big talent, a great talent. Thank you. Well, we have the a, only the only lady I have not had the pleasure of working with, but I have a lot of respect for, is Judy Martin. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Well, she's here, so tell her. <laughs> Nothing but respect. You and Vicky and the ladies that paved the way for us, y'all did the hard work. And got no credit for it. And nothing but respect and love. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Judy, let's talk about that. Let's talk about credit. Let's talk about getting your due. Uh, you know, now, you, now, you, now you can go fix and get me pissed off, really, now. <laughs> I say go for it. Do it. Yeah. I want to hear. Okay, go ahead, Angel. <laughs> the credit, the credit with Judy got, the credit, you want freaking credit. Judy busted her ass in that ring every freaking night. And what did she get for it? She got the great Mula Squirrel. <laughs> Judy, tell me about what Mula did to you in Japan with the belt. <laughs> Which, oh, you have, uh, what part you want to hear about, though? Um, all of it. All of it. <laughs> I 
God, let me see. I got a couple hours on this. <laughs> by the way, Judy, Judy, this is a no kayfabe zone, by the way. So, and you know what? After hearing some of the stories about uh, the lady in question, Mula, I'm glad I work for Matt Simber. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you know, let me. I'm gonna first say I'm gonna I'm gonna give you know Mula her credit for her when her, for her time period in the business. You know, she did what she had to do to get herself over and everything. So kudos to her and everything. And I mean, and she and she deserved to be a lot in you know the Hall of Fame and everything. You know, and for them to do the battle royal, I agree with that. She's they could have named it after her because, you know, she'd been around this business for God how many years. Right. Now, well, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt for, for just a second, but, you know, even in death, her, um, her legend and her reputation precedes her. There are things that, you know, coming out now about Mula that are painting her as not a nice person at all. In fact, I had, in the interest of full disclosure, Judy and Vicky, I had a woman who, who refused to be on the show tonight, who flatly refused to be on if it meant talking about Moolah, because she hates her so much. Mm. Uh, oh, that, would have, that would be a Lonnie Kai, am I not mistaken? Uh, actually, no. Uh, Ann Casey. Uh, you're, you're close, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you who it was. I will just tell you that this woman flatly refused to be here, uh, and insisted that I do a separate interview with her singularly, which I did. Uh, the great Georgia Peach. Well, there you go. You know, every, every, every female that came through, through Lillian's down here. You know, had a different outlook on her. Not everybody's going to agree. Yeah, not everybody's going to agree that she was bad. Not everybody's going to agree she was good. Right. I'll, I'm speaking for myself. Myself only. What she did to me, and I can partially go with what with the problems with Leilani too. You know, because me and her were partners. So when we were. Yeah. We're wrestling with the bomb angels. She told us that the bomb angels was coming over that we would be working with them. Right. So the first time we worked up there was TV. I'll never forget it. And um, we, we was up there, and the girls didn't speak that good of an English, you know. But we worked with them enough in Japan that we could get a match. You know, we can get over with a match with them. Sure. So when we were up there at TV, we had like um what. Seven minutes. I think it was like seven minutes. They yeah. first told us, and as we was going out the ring, Vince said, "Vince said, are you sure you can work with these girls?'" Yeah. Said, no problem. We can work with them. Then they told us we only had five minutes in the match. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, five minutes is nothing on TV when you got to go. So. We just went for five minutes of filling in. When we came back out of that ring and going to the to the um back to the dressing room, Vince was standing there and he said, Girls, he said, That was a hell of a match. Yeah. I was I was shocked he even said something like that. 
And that match, by the way, is on YouTube. It's the Jumpin' Bomb Angels against the Glamour Girls. Mm-hmm. And it's a classic. I will tell you that it is a classic. So, you know, as everybody goes, you know, we toured around, you know, the belts and everything with him here in the state. So they tell us about dropping the belts and up there. And um, I think it was Canada we dropped the belt. Judy, there. the last time uh, Princess Victoria was here, I asked her a question about Moolah. I'm going to ask you the same question. I want your take on it. Okay. What, what's the difference between Lillian Ellison and the fabulous Moolah? Hello. What's, what's the difference? Yeah, the difference between Lillian Ellison and the fabulous Moolah. I don't. I don't. I don't think there was any. I don't think there was any difference. I think she had a persona that she gave out on two different, you know, two different sides. And I think she portrayed one side as being evil. But and all around, she was evil all over. Yeah, Vicky, you want to elaborate on that? Well, what you didn't tell you about the Moolah bed to Leilani and Judy. There was a big, you know, there was a big title war between the Jumping Bomb Angels and Judy and Leilani. Yeah, Judy and Leilani go over to Japan. They get a phone call, and correct me if I'm wrong, Judy, because I've only heard this story a couple times. They go over to Japan. They're working the Jumping Bomb Angels. They get a call from Mula. Mula tells them that she was told that they needed to drop the belts in Japan and that they get them back in the state. Long story short, it was a lie and Lillian put the screw to Judy and Leilani. Yeah, that's the story I heard, Vicki. <laughs> is it the truth or not, Judy? If you choose to say yes or no, that's your choice. If you don't want to say it, don't say it. No, that's the truth. That's the truth. And, it, and I can tell you where it all started from. Because um, when we was up in New York, um, you know, we never got, we never saw a check. They'd always go to Lillian. So we asked a question to Pat Patterson and them. Why are all the checks being sent to Moolah and not to us? Yeah. And they said, and um, Pat says, no, we send it, the checks are all in your girls' name. So we never see a check. So he went and talked to Vince. And then he come back and told us that we would start getting our own checks and our own name. You know, we're getting our checks from our address. We They took our address down. Yeah. And they started mailing them to us. Lillian, we came back off the road. We had a week, we had a week um, intermission. You know, came home for a week and we were going back on the road. And um, she said, she called me and she said, huh? And this is exactly what she said, huh? And I haven't got y'all this check yet. I said, oh, Lillian, we already got our check. What's the matter? She said, what you mean y'all got y'all this check? I said, yeah, Vince didn't tell you. He mailed us our checks and now. And he said, we didn't have to pay no PC out of it either because he was paying you. Exactly. Wait, so it. you're telling me she was stealing your checks? Yeah, yeah. That's, exactly, that's, exactly, what, that's exactly what she's saying. Yeah. 
That's yeah, not part of now, I'm sorry. To give you all a clue, I was on trot. Right? Yep. We huh? were semi-main, main event, semi-main Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Yep. Never saw a check from Benny. They all went to uh, Moo. Could not figure out how I could get paid more at a high school in Louisiana from Bill Watts than I could getting paid for semi-main event in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Lula would get our check, form our name, put them in her bank. She would then tell us we made 50% of what we actually made, and then she would take her 30% off the top of that. Plus $300 a piece rent that we were paying when there were three and four of us living in one of them little shanty shack birds. Mm. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yep, that's that, true. That you know, continuing with the, uh, with the Moolah narrative, actually, I want to kind of roll back to, to what was mentioned with the Battle Royal. Uh, obviously, we all know the story. It was named, and then Snickers put the kind of put the kibosh with the social media heat and they dropped the name. Um, Chris Jericho mentioned in his podcast, he pitched the idea to Vince to name it uh, in honor of Sherry Martell. And he had said he wanted to call it the sensational invitational, which I thought was a brilliant idea. Um, so I, I'm a, a Grammy. I want to start with you and then we'll go around. If, if you drop the name Mula, who would you pick to, na- to name the battle Royal in honor of? Good one. I think Sensational Sherry is a good – I like that Sensational. I also like Miss Elizabeth. There were so many legends that went through the WWE, it's hard to say. I would just say, to be blunt, why not put it the women's Invitational? Okay. Give credit to very, all the very women. generic, sure. Yeah. Why not? Right, you well, know, let's, give let's... all the women credit. I like it. Hold on. Here's an extra lamp for you. All right, well, we'll uh, go go around the circle. Uh, Jennifer, what about you? Um, I like how uh, Judy said, you know, it'd be all about the women because, again, it's not just about one woman in – these ladies help pave the way for women like myself. And Casey helped pave the way for women like myself. However, oh, again, geez. say something. It has to be about the women. It shouldn't be about just one person. Um, if anything, the legends, the women's legends, something like that. To show our, um, our respect and everything to those women. It's not just one. It's all of them. Exactly. I like it. That's an argument I've been having with Glow for years for a few years now. It's all about. It's not about one Glow girl. It's about all the Glow girls. We all made exactly. Like exactly. All the women made. You know, it wasn't Wendy Richter that made it. It wasn't Sherry Martell that made it. It wasn't Miss Elizabeth. It was all the women who had the guts and the fortitude to train and get there. Because back then, it wasn't like today. You had to pay, you had to pay some dues, and you did not get the respect. 
So I'm I'm fully I think like yeah. I said the women's well, that, invitational. That goes back to what Princess Victoria was saying earlier in the show, you know, about working your way, learning your craft, earning your keep. If if I can have you expand on that, uh, recent social media heat's gone down on a few female competitors. Uh, obviously, in the WWE, Nia Jax had a series of matches that all resulted in injuries. Um, I know on the uh, Ring of Honor side, we, we mentioned her before, but like Sumi and, and Kelly Klein have been beat up for some botches. Uh, I, I want to know, uh, from the outside looking in, ladies, do you feel that, that women's wrestling is judged harsher in the sense of botches and injuries and screw-ups the way that a men's match would be overlooked? Oh, go I, right to yes. Carlisle on that one. Absolutely. Go, go right to Casey on that one. <laughs> Why good me? Go ahead. Um, you know, I... I think it's possible that women's uh, women are judged more harshly, but I also think a lot of that has to do with. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I, I, my words match my thoughts here. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, women start under a little bit more scrutiny in a lot of ways because, as we've all said at some point. I think women are more prone to being put into the ring before they're ready to be put into the ring. And I think that it's very, very, very obvious when that happens and people are very quick to pick up on it because, you know, as soon as somebody has a first couple handfuls of matches, you know, people have made their, their mind up about that worker, either they're horrible. And once that happens, it's very hard to get out from under that balloon of, she sucks. She's dangerous. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I also think that part of it comes from the approach to the match and the approach to the business in the sense that I think that girls, you know, Dan, you mentioned the term women's revolution earlier. And I have, again, been very vocal about my kind of thought about that whole thing. Right. Um, I think girls have been making an effort to try to not focus on working and having the psychology that we're talking about and being safe and presenting a solid match. I think that they have shifted into anything you can do, I can do better mentality. And they're taking bigger risks, doing things they may not know how to do properly. Maybe they never learned how to do properly. Their pride won't let them ask people, can you show me whatever? I think that they just, I think women are set up by design unintentionally most of the time to have that that microscope or that magnifying glass on them just a little bit more than the guys. Yeah. And And Princess Victoria is living proof of what can happen to you if you're in the ring with someone who's not trained properly or ready. Here's a woman that even today deals with the injury that happened years ago because someone wasn't ready. Vicki? Yeah, I still got a very large bump uh, where I broke my collarbone in Canada working for Al Tomko. Mm-hmm. And one of my health issues are due to the fact that, number one, I didn't get the proper health care. Number two, I was back in the lane two weeks later. 
but the bone going from my neck to the brain is twisted one way, and the bone coming from my shoulder to the brain is twisted the other. Then we can go to the broken neck scenario. Now that wasn't that wasn't because the girl wasn't trained properly. That was an accident. Accidents happen. And the lady that I was in the ring with that day, to this day, every time she sees me, she cries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not her fault that I'm in the physical situation that I'm in. It's Vinny and Moose's fault. Because once they figured out that I couldn't probably ever work again, Moose took my outfits for back rent, told me I either needed to pay up the rent for this month or I needed to carry my ass. Mm-hmm. I was basically with a broken neck. Uh, with a broken neck, I was basically set out in the road with everything my Chevy Malibu station wagon could carry and $20 in my pocket. Yeah, and I know that story, Vicky, and I know it's true. Uh, Judy, um, question for you. Yeah. What's the worst injury you ever suffered at the at the hands of an untrained worker? Hmm. I've been lucky. Most of uh, some has been um, was a. Um, just like, you know, hit in the jaw. Mostly was that, but it wasn't serious. It just bruised and stuff. That's because they wasn't taught how to hit right. Yeah. So, but I've been very lucky about not having any major, major bruises of people that you know couldn't work. And yeah. I think, I think the people today forget when they're working. It takes two people in that ring to pull off that match. And, you know, and also, um, I think it's very important to also point out, you know, with everything we just said, I think it is also very important to verbalize and to recognize that accidents can happen no matter how well you're trained, no matter how long you've been working. It's dangerous. So it's not just about, you know, the like the things that I mentioned. It happens to girls, you know who have been working well, for decades Casey, or who are well-trained. Casey, let's, uh, let's explore that. Uh, let's expand on that, as, as Dan likes to say. Let's expand upon it. Uh, <laughs> here's what we're going to do. Uh, you and Jen are both unique uh, in, the, uh, in the fact that not only have you worked, but you've also trained other workers. And I know that, uh, Casey, the last time you were here, you talked about training a young a, a young woman to work with you uh, in a match, I believe, in Ohio or uh, some somewhere in thereabouts. Um, what's the first thing? I'll go with you first, Casey, and then I'll go to you, Jen. What's the first thing you teach them before they ever lace up their boots, before they ever step through the ropes? First thing you teach them. The first thing I say um, is that they are going to be at the best advantage for learning if they keep their mouth closed and their eyes and their ears open. Um, The second thing I say is to throw out the door any preconceived notions they have about how easy it might be, about how uh, fake it might be, about how... um, 
you know, it, how bouncy the ring might be because people come in with these pop culture uh, preconceived beliefs, you know, that the ring is like a trampoline and that it it doesn't hurt or, right. you know, um, or, you know, nothing hurts because you're not really hitting. And it's like an action movie where, you know, they're doing this and then the sound effect is piped in. Somebody actually believed that there were sound effects piped in. Oh my god! Oh my god! And then the next thing. Are you kidding me? No, she's not ribbing you, not at all. Um, You know, and the other thing is, so many people come into a training school with their gimmick decided, their name decided, their finisher decided, uh, you know, and they don't know shit about shit. And people, again, they think it's just something where, you know, like, oh, well, you only have to take one or two classes to learn how to shoot a gun. So I only need to be here a couple of times and then I'm going to be, you know, the the wine wino of whatever. Um, So there's a lot for me to to get back to answering your question more directly. A lot of it to me, like, I'm not a big fan of getting in the ring and starting to bump on day one. So much of it's mental. So much of it is respect. So much of it is the approach. And, um, you know, I think everybody would be in agreement that in so, so, so many ways, you have to be even more mentally tough than you are physically tough. And that's what people forget about. And that's what they don't appreciate. Casey, thank you for saying that. Before I get to you, Jen, Dan, uh, tell these these fine ladies here about the conversation we had with legendary trainer, Hall of Famer Doc Diamond regarding uh, Doc. Oh yeah, Doc, we love Doc. I know friend of the show. Tell him. I actually, I actually um, retired the women's tag team titles with Princess Chrissy, Chrissy Johnson. We held them his those titles for two and a half years. Before they retired him. Oh, nice. All right. Go ahead, Dan. You, you know, it's funny, Casey. Doc said almost verbatim what you did. That almost you bring, exactly. these, bring these guys in and they already know their gimmick and they already know how they're going to work the crowd and they already know their finisher and, and they already know what their trunks are going to look like and what their tights are going to look like. And they, they have this image in their mind and... He, he said it's hard. You get these guys that come in and you work with them. And I'm sure you've seen it. Sometimes you get a first impression. It goes to what uh, what I bring up often. It was the, um, the attributed to, uh, I believe it was attributed uh, uh, to, to uh, uh, Florida territories, the, the, uh, the adage of the, the real, you know, the best wrestlers are the real you turned up to 11. And Doc would tell us the story that he would get these guys and 10 minutes into working with them. He's like, no, absolutely not. That gimmick would never work yeah. for you. And you try and he try and explain it. And he's got these guys wouldn't get it. They wouldn't, they, you know, yeah. they're, they're like you said, their minds he were shut. Them. That's because they made that character on the video game that they got the other day. Thank and you. so they think <laughs> that that's what they're destined to do and be. Thank you. Yes. You know, you they know, picture themselves you. in that character they created in WW 2K, whatever you were in. Right. That's exactly where he went with it. It's actually funny because the conversation drifted too through video games where we talked yep. about, like you were mentioning with the women, the women having to one up and, and now you, instead of, uh, 
uh, instead of one chair shot, now you've got ten chair shots. You get put through two tables. You get three pile drivers, and that's not the finish. And you still in with a schoolboy. Exactly. And th- he, he mentioned that, that he said these these kids are coming in that grew up on video games and they played the, the wrestling video games and they think that's what wrestling is supposed to be. So they yeah. want to be the high flying 25 super kicks in a match. You know, uh, every everybody gets a chair and a spike bat and a table and they have this image in their mind. And the first thing, like you said, they're not even taking bumps. We're going to work on taking the arm or. Heaven forbid, Judy, back me up on this one. You're going to have to learn to start a match by by yeah. shooting off or by by locking up. And these guys don't get it. Like, what? What? Can't we just start the match with with a some kind of flip or something? I it's do like a, no. A yeah. Because my character, and you know, I'm also not to stray away from what we're talking about too much. But, uh, one of the one of the first when when it is time to get into the ring. Um, you know, I'll be damned if, if I'm standing there and I have not been part of a training school for several years. Let me just say that. But when I have been, the, one of the very first things, if not the first thing they learn when they're entering that ring for the first time is to wipe their feet, is to, you know, get in the ring properly, respect the workspace. And I'm such a big fan, uh, you know, I always liken it to building a house. You can't build a house on sand and expect it to stand. You have to have a solid foundation and then you build on that. Mm. And I'm such a big proponent of once somebody has learned the fundamentals, once they've learned the basics, I love the idea of running a training class or once a month running a training class or something where you've got to run a mini match and you cannot hit the ropes a single time. Because I can't tell you how many shows I've been on when those ropes go in match number two, the rope snaps yeah. And I can't tell you how many guys become deer in the headlights immediately because they don't have those ropes to do the spots off of. They don't they yeah. can't climb to the top rope to do mm-hmm. A, B, and C. And I think it's really important to be able if you don't have ropes, you gotta be able to do mat work or you've got to yeah. be able to work around that. Sometimes you don't know until it happened to me the match before the rope snapped. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it all boils back down to building on top of a solid foundation. And then it's just like when you make a cake, you don't put the icing in a cherry first. Yeah. It's the cherry on top. That's a saying for the reason for a reason. It's the same type of thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, may, then, I, uh, may, I, may, uh, hold, hold may I interject something? Please. Oh, 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 <laughs> may ahead, I interject something about training? Go ahead. Uh, because. I get it, I've gotten it, and I'm sick of it at times. When we, when, when I stepped into the training center for GLOW, and yes, it was a training center. It was in a warehouse. We had the ring and mats. It was us girls. First thing we did was warm up and stretch. The first thing they told us is, you will not do one move until you learn the base. We had to lay on our backs and learn how to smack the mat and then elevate a little bit more. We were in that training center from nine to five, Monday through Friday, before we even started our taping. And Thank goodness. Before we go any further, um, really we're going to have to do a, a commercial break. We're coming up on a hard break. 
So we got to say goodbye to you. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, you have anything you want to promote, plug real quick before I let you go? Well, COVID is done with my promoting. <laughs> you know, just anybody can find me on Facebook. I love hearing from my fans. Everybody knows I put over Wrestling with the Future podcast because of my boy Jeff Robinson. Yeah. And I've learned to love my Angelo. My Angelo is a buddy. And I love you, ladies. Thank you, God, for paving the way for me and everybody else that comes along. And uh, just everybody have a great show. And hopefully I'll see y'all in the future. Thank you, Grandma. Thank you so much for calling in. Bye. Have a blessed Bye-bye. Bye. Be safe, Grammy. I'll see you on Facebook. Love you, Dan. All right, Dan. A word from our sponsor. Go ahead. Yes. Word from our sponsor, Wrestling with the Future, is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped.com. Perfect sponsor for a show featuring all women. And it so for those of you out there, Manscaped.com, whether you're carrying a couple of cue balls, whether you're a werewolf from the waist down. Now, me personally, I'm a child of the 80s. There's one thing I know about the Wolfman. It's that he's got nards. And if Wolfman wants to take care of himself, he can with our friends at Manscaped. You can enter the promo code Wrestling Future. That's Wrestling Future for 20% off any of their package deals, any of their combos, starter packs, friends at Manscaped. Uh, we all head back to the field of life with the help of Manscaped men's personal grooming supplies. Life is a truly, excuse me, life is truly a whole new ball game. That is our friends at Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com and Wrestling with the Future going balls to the wall. <laughs> and you are. I get it. <laughs> All right. When was that guy step when I was around? You know how hairy some men are. <laughs> well, if they need anything, I can get 20% off for them, Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always thought about. Well, I ain't gonna tell you how many. <laughs> <laughs> the the starter the starter yeah, handle. That sweetheart. <laughs> the 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 manscaped starter handle is known as the lawnmower for those wrestling fans. The larger one, I think they call that the mantel. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's the lawnmower. Let, let me tell you what, Angelo. Judy's been on the road with me. She's had a lot worse. <laughs> oh no. Well, you're such a shy, unassuming person. You know, the, the last well, time you were here, Vicky, I said, you were such a nice lady, and you said you don't know me that well. <laughs> Remember that, Casey? I do, yes. Oh, that first show with, with Princess Victoria, that was a hoot. Oh, I loved my it. God. We, we laughed we so are, much. Yes, we did, and I loved what was, what was the lady's name who was Sherry's best friend? Oh, she's actually my, my next door neighbor, Kathy Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's it, that's best it. Friend. Yep. Yeah, she friended me on Facebook and she's been, she has put up some things with Aunt Sherry. And if I got nothing out of that show, which I got more than nothing, I got to see those photos of Sherry when Sherry was very happy. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Kathy and Sherry were were tight, thick as thieves. They were, they were. Yes, they were. Thirty four years, thirty five years, they were friends. 
Uh, yeah, a long time. So now yeah. you got the, your your cohort in crime here, Judy Martin, with you. How how far do you go back, Judy? You and uh, old Princess Victoria. Oh God! Since the first day she walked through Moolah Mula Hill, <laughs> which is which is how many years, uh, Judy? Um, thirty is it thirty thirty five, Vicky? 
That was that was Mullah because Mullah would insist that she work. If her girls worked a territory, especially like WWF, right? Mula would have to be in on it. And there's one thing Casey was talking about earlier about how you don't do the same high spot time after time after time. Yeah. There's one high spot that Mula used to do, and it used to just, oh, God. It was like, yeah, we know, we got to roll the rest. Yeah. And it was in every single freaking tag night she ever had. Um, but Mula had a brain. She also had the contact. If yeah. she would have promoted Wendy and Judy, Leilani, Velvet, instead of promoting herself, well, I, I do believe. That, that's a real good point. Um, she wasn't a very smart woman. She was also a very shrewd business person. She had the ability to make even more money putting other people over than herself. If she were smart about it, I don't, for the life of me, understand why she didn't. Um, it's the mentality of, I don't do a job. It's the prima donna mentality. She couldn't, she couldn't step back. She couldn't let Wendy shine. Yeah. You know, when, when, when Wendy and Cindy Lauper tagged up, that was one of the greatest moments in women's wrestling because women were put over in every phase of wrestling. The cartoons, the, 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 the gimmick, you know, the main event. Yeah. And that was the first time that women had that. Yeah. And Mula couldn't let Wendy run. You know, because Wendy, Wendy did the she-box so well. You know, yeah. and and Mula couldn't let her run. She she her damn ego got in her way, and Vinny let her do it. The most disgusting moment that I have ever seen in women's wrestling is when and take this anyway. I was gonna say don't take this wrong, but take it anywhere you want. When Mula and Mae West walked out there in those schoolgirl outfits. And their finish was sitting on somebody's face and making them pass out. I, that was the last time I ever watched the WWE. Yeah, I was, was freaking mortified. But if Mula stepped back and let Leilani and Judy run, let Wendy run, yeah. you know, let Velvet run, look, look, look at these women. And look at the drawers. For almost 40 years later, and there's fans out there that still remember their names, that still go to YouTube to watch them. What would have happened if Lillian had shut up, stepped back, and let him go? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, to your point, Vicki, I remember Judy Martin, and I remember Princess Victoria, and I remember Donna Christianello and June Byron uh, and Penny Banner. And Mildred right. Burke. And I can't right. tell you for the life of me who the hell any of these women today are, other than Casey Carlisle and Sorceress Morgan. <laughs> right. Nice. Right. It's the truth. And, and, 
But, and, and even with my short run, I'm still amazed at the people that remember me. Well, you had two solid years in the mainstay that were, let, I mean, just let's be candid and honest about it. That was two years of over, over. Right. right. Well, actually, it was more than two years because Buddy Rose started it in Portland. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. If you, yeah. If you watch the Portland matches, I mean, Buddy Rose, the boys in Portland, went, and I didn't know this until last year. Buddy and the boys and Sandy went against Don Owen's wishes in Portland. Yeah. On that eight-man battle royale where Buddy busted my head open. Yeah. Mm. I was supposed to be the first person out of the ring. Yeah. The boys decided that they were going to put me over. And make me the last, second to last person. Buddy won the battle royale. I was the last person in the ring with him. And that's and doing did. what's best for business. And and that's what Buddy and the boys were looking at. They 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 knew I paid my exactly. dues. They also knew that I was a crowd favorite, and I was okay before Buddy decided that I would. And this was right after his feud with Piper. Yeah, yeah. So Buddy was over ten thousand percent as a heel, and for him to do what he did for me. By letting me in that in that battle royal be the last person with him in the ring. Yeah. I can't ever pay that man back for that. Oh, sure. Um, and, but they, they saw money. They saw more asses in the seat. Absolutely. And see, this is, the, this, is, this is what, you know, you ask Carlito, what's wrong with wrestling today? That attitude right there. Exactly. Buddy, Buddy didn't care that he ended up foaming at the mouth in the crow's nest of Portland when I kicked him. <laughs> what he cared about was this was going to put more asses in the seat. Well, yeah, and that's the difference. They did what was best for business for the fans instead of doing what's best for business for their damn corporate sponsors. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Casey Carlisle, you're in the presence of a couple legends tonight. Ask questions, please. Well, I hope that I had to, to run off for a second, so I hope that this isn't going to be repetitive uh, with what I didn't hear. But I actually had two questions that I wanted to ask. Um, and, and I'm going to be a little bit of a hypocrite because this is sometimes considered of those typical interview questions, but I'm interested to hear what they have to say. Um, my first question is, I would love to hear if there are any ladies that um, that you did not get to work with that you would have loved to have worked with, whether they be, you know, from back in the day or somebody currently who you respect. And then my other question is, um, in hindsight, now looking back, do you feel as though you wish that you would have ended your career earlier, worked longer than you did? Are you happy with the length of time that you spent in the ring? Or do you feel as though there's some unfinished, lingering, something you wanted to achieve? Those are my two questions. Go ahead, Judy. You answer that one. Okay. The first question about if there's anybody out there I would love to work with, had to work with. Oh, God. Let's see. 
today, I mean, I'm not up to date really on all the females and stuff. That's or yesteryear. Yeah, um, but um, whew, I, I, I hate that question being asked of me because I'm not good at coming up with girls' names on the spot, and I always feel bad, yeah. but I'm so interested to hear if there's somebody during the heyday that you never got to work with or, you know, I just am so curious, like, what is the match that never happened? It was the Battle of the Boobs, Casey Carlisle versus Judy Martin. <laughs> I don't care what the battle is. I'm putting Judy over any day, every day. Okay, Casey. First, okay, first I would say I don't know. I don't know about the girls and everything, but I would have loved to work with um, Ronda Rousey. Oh, that would have been something to see. Because, wow. Honestly, honestly, I wish she was around back then when we were around because I knew I could have took her ass. Yes. Hey, no doubt in my mind about that. How about you, Vicky? Anybody uh, current or past that you uh, didn't work with but wish you had the opportunity? Well, there's two ladies that for the first time, these two ladies both made me wish I was 25 years older. And that's Beverly Shade and Cora Combs. I met, I met both of those women. I got blessed. I went to Scott Field reunion in Tennessee and I met Cora before she passed away. And I would have loved to have worked with her and been on the road with her because I got a feeling that might have even made Judy and I look same. Uh, and what was the second question? Um, if you feel as though, looking back now, do you feel as though you wish that you would have worked for a lesser period of time, or do you wish you would have worked longer, or are you satisfied with the length that your in-ring career was as it is? I tell everybody this, Casey, and I'm not sure I said it on the last show. I would not change one second of my path. Nice. Because if, if I did, if I hadn't broke my neck, I wouldn't have met my first husband. If I hadn't met my first husband, I wouldn't have had my son John. If I hadn't, if I hadn't had my son John and kicked out my first husband, I would have never met the love <laughs> of my life, Jack Coffey. Mm-hmm. So, no, I would, although I do miss the road, although I would love to be in the shape and be able to get back in the ring because that's an adrenaline rush, no drug can give you, no, I wouldn't change a thing. I love that. Good. I would. <laughs> I know you Tell would. us all about it. <laughs> I would have loved to really finish out the series with the bomb angels oh yeah because uh, i think i think at wrestlemania it would have been a big turnaround absolutely i think so too and i as a fan at that time would have loved to have seen it as well by the way it was yeah. so cool to see well i'll tell you what dan i want to throw it to you okay sorry i'm uh slightly distracted by the real life that just got dropped in my lap here 
Um, now, uh, I guess I have one last question for y'all, and we talked about, uh, touched on it a little bit. Uh, we looked at, at how women are judged, and we looked at the progression now. Uh, Casey, I guess this goes more for, for you and Jennifer. Is it still hard today as far as women getting into the business? Like, are there, are there a lot of, because, I mean, there's pro wrestling schools all over the country. Are there a lot of wrestling schools that don't accept females or maybe they don't, they're not qualified to train them. Is it still in today's age with the divas revolution, with the women's revolution, with women's wrestling being supposedly so prominent, is it still hard today compared to what you knew then or when you got in to, to get in uh, as, as into wrestling as a female today? Do you want to take it first, or do you want me to? He told you. He asked you, girly girl, so <laughs> it's on you right now. Um, I will say that when I got into the business and when I broke in, it was absolutely 1,000% nowhere near as difficult as when Victoria and Judy broke in. Not even comparable. Um, I will also say that from what I know, and again, I, I don't have my hands in any schools or anything, but from what I know, it is not nearly as hard for women to get into the business today as it was for me, as it was for Victoria and Judy. I think it's progressively gotten easier over the years. Um, if you're just talking about the aspect of a wrestling school, a, an actual wrestling school, and females who are current wrestling fans who want to be trained, learn the business, learn how to work, I think that there's far, 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 far more opportunity for those females now than there really ever has been. Absolutely. Um, okay. I think it's easier to become part of a school. I also think that um, that being said, the other side of that coin is just because it's easier and there's more opportunity there, it doesn't mean that it's quality or that they're going to receive good training or that they're being trained properly or that they're being set up for success just because it's good easier point. for them to good get question. into it. Good point, yeah. Very um, good point. You yeah. know, there was a period of time... There was a period of time when I saw earlier in my career, so we're talking the um, early to mid-2000s, there was a lot of girls who ended up calling themselves workers or at least considering themselves part of the business because their boyfriend was a worker. And they would go to the show with their boyfriend or mm -hmm. they would go to the school with their boyfriend just to sit there and watch, which I'm against also, but that's another topic. And they would get scooped up into it because the promoter, the trainer, the whoever would say, she's cute. Does she want to walk you to the ring? And the girl knows jack shit about the business and she never got trained. And yet here right. she is being presented as this is a new girl in the business. I think that that's starting to happen less. I think that girls are seeking out schools on their own accord because they've grown up wrestling fans, because they want to be trained and to be a worker. But I also don't think that going to a school equates being put out on the right foot to succeed and being trained well and everything that goes with it. My friend Jennifer is salivating to jump in on this one. Go ahead, Jen. You're chomping at the bit. Go ahead. 
Well, no, I'm the baby of all of us ladies tonight. Um, I'm going to be celebrating 14 years in the business. And Casey is correct. There are, um, when I started, um, there was a lot of times that, I mean, I trained, I was one of two girls out of 30 guys that trained. I was the only female out of the class that actually passed everything. And um, a lot of these females say, oh, you know, I'll just get by my looks. I'll just, you know, do this, I'll do that. No, if you're serious about wanting to be a wrestler or uh, a manager, then go and do what you're taught. As Casey said, keep your mouth shut, listen, and learn. Um, another thing that really, um, pisses me off with some of these women, is like, oh, does it hurt? And when I, earlier about, um, training, when I trained a couple of girls, I said, it's 90% physical, 10% mental. You got to stop overthinking stuff. Um, well, the other our- thing, Jen, that you, that you, I thought you were going to go there when, uh, when Casey mentioned, you know, the girlfriends hanging around their boyfriends who work. <laughs> I know you you're, you're I know what you're biting your lip because you and I both know that you've had very direct dealings with those kind of individuals. Oh, can you get me a job as a manager? Oh, can I do this? Can I do that? So go there. There okay. I I started out as a manager, but I I learned more than the basics. Cuz okay. the thing is is there was a couple of girls that came in with their boyfriends. Oh, that looks so easy. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. Well, I worked a show, and one of the girls' boyfriends was actually going against my ex-husband. And this <laughs> bitch, this bitch started talking shit outside the ring, and I said, you're a valet. You're not a manager. Shut the fuck up. And she goes, she goes, I'm not a valet. I know what I'm doing. I said, do you know how to run, run the ropes? Went, no. I said, do you know how to do a bump? No. I said, then you're a valet. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and it pisses me off because that's the difference between a valet and a manager. Mm. A manager knows mm. when you got to do what you got to do. A valet is a piece of ass coming out with their, their the, 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 the other wrestler. Okay? That's what she was. She came out with the mini skirt, the tube top, and I like suck ya. Yeah, something so sweet. That shit's gonna fade real quick. Yeah, unless you know, you're gorgeous, we're, unless you're gorgeous, George's ballet. He was a man. We're uh. <laughs> yeah, that's different. She was smart. You do that voice way too well, Jen. I was going to say, Jennifer, we're a... Uh, uh, we're what, what, what's funny, Jen, is what you were just talking about. I actually saw happening happen at a promotion mm-hmm. where the boys, the, the tag team, picked uh, Sandrett out of the crowd uh-huh. and had to ballet them up to the ring. And right. I happened to be sitting beside one of the boys' wives, and she looked up and says, I the hell is that with my husband? <laughs> oh, shit. But see, the funny thing... I went, ah. Uh... Well, <laughs> <laughs> 
here a couple weeks ago. If you weren't a wrestler, you got nowhere near the dressing room. You got nowhere near the back. You were in the audience, and you paid for your ticket. They also had to be careful the way the fans were, especially, I think Bill mentioned too, in like the Memphis area, yeah. you know, the territories. If, if you were family or wives or girlfriends or whatever of heels, you, you you'd leave the match and with slash tires or a vandalized car. Like if you, you were you were in a seat and you you cheered like a normal person. You didn't bring attention to the fact that you were here with the executioner or whoever the big yeah. heel was that day. Exactly. Well, see again, like that that match I was telling you with this girl. She started talking shit, and I'm like, you know, every part of me because I was the heel manager. So you know. Um, as a matter of fact, it was for Doc Diamond. I worked for DWF Loco. Okay. And Doc made the comment. He goes, why didn't you just slap the shit out of her? And I looked at him. I said, she's only a valet. If I slapped her, I would have made the entire crowd go, what the F? Because yeah. I would have I slapped her taste buds right out of her mouth. Because <laughs> to me, it's the point that if you're going to play the valet or as and I'm sorry, she was a ditzy blonde. Nothing against blonde, but she was a ditzy blonde. He was like, well, what? Why are you talking to me like that? I'm like, I'm like, I was like, you are just <laughs> Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. Oh, my God. And <laughs> Doc goes, what did you just say to her? Oh, yeah. Debbie does Dallas the wrong way. We got to go out for a drink one time. That's all I like. Would rather me lie to her than tell her the truth. I was like, I'm sorry, but I was trained to be brutally honest. Sometimes it gets my ass in trouble. However, I'm not going to sugarcoat stuff. And that's one thing that irritates me with these these girls. Because they think it's all candy canes and roses. No, sweetheart. You got to do like all of these other ladies do. Put your work in. And yeah. Yeah, at least once a day. Yeah. Well, Dan, uh, we got to wrap it up. Uh, yep. Let's get to Judy Martin. Judy, any final thoughts? We lost Jen's mic My here. Headset. I think Just Jen's realized. I'm still here. I got, a, I got a question for um, Casey. Sure. Yes, ma'am. Hey, Casey, where do you work out of mostly your, when you wrestle and everything? Where do you work at? Uh, I'm based in I'm based in Virginia, uh, not too far from DC. So I'm basically I'm primate. Well, I'm based in the Mid Atlantic in in Virginia, um, and I primarily wrestle in um, 
Penn, Delaware, Virginia, North Carolina, West Virginia. Um, but I also go up to for me soon. I also go up to New Jersey and New York. Um, I'm going out to Wisconsin this weekend to work. I've been out to Portland. I travel everywhere, but I'm based in the Mid Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. how close do you get to South Carolina? Um, driving distance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm. Uh, depending on what part of South Carolina, maybe eight. No, probably not that long. Probably about seven. Seven or eight okay. hours. It's a really easy trip down ninety-five. Okay. What, what I said, Nick. If you're close to South Carolina next time around, within maybe a two hundred mile radius, working around South Carolina or North Carolina, give me a call because I would like to go see one of your matches. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yes, I ma'am. I will do that. You have no idea. You just made my day. Thank you so much. You just yeah. flattered me and humbled me like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. I would love to have all you ladies at my shows, at one of my shows. I would love to have all three of you as, as well, Casey, I'm going to try and get her on one of my shows for next year. Um, but I definitely would love to have you, Judy, and you, Victoria, um, at one of our shows because I want to be able to show, hey, these are the women that, that paved it for me. These are the women that gave me the gumption and say, hey, I can do it just as well as they can. Um, and um, I mean, I am actually in Philadelphia, but we run our shows oh, okay. out of Delaware, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Um, we actually have a show com- coming up June 27th. And um, I am going to be in a mixed tag team with Gangrel. Him and I are going up against a uh, husband and wife team that are from uh, New York City. They go by Alexa Rose and Trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, he's. It's funny because when I got married to my ex-husband, we got married in the wrestling ring, and he actually walked me down to the ring. Um, and everybody gave me shit because I didn't go down with the normal wedding march. I went down to Living Dead Girl by Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, I'm not, your tradi- I'm not your traditional bride. Hello. <laughs> right. <laughs> My colors I'm, I'm, were black. I'm shocked and by that revelation. <laughs> well, I, with, with Jennifer, I, I would love to go to one of your shows. So okay. maybe we can work, work that out in the future here. Yes, Beautiful. most definitely. Yeah. Gotta, gotta well, show these younger women that you women still got it, even though you're not in the ring anymore. You're still, you're still excellent women in our in our shoes. Or in our- Princess Victoria, final words from you. Morning, Casey. Casey, number one, is good talking with you again. You too, man. Thank you. Myself on your matches after our last conversation. I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you for carrying on women's wrestling as a sport Amen. and not sports entertainment. Thank you. And, you humble me. And I would love to come to one of your shows. That would be great. I love your attitude. I agree with everybody else. You should have slapped the snot out of that ballet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, after that the show, ballet, she was like, <laughs> so, she's like, but thank you for having me on the show, Judy. I miss you, sis. 
Yeah. You are. We need to get well, together. <laughs> hey, I got one. Hey, I got oh. one other thing I want to say. Yes, ma'am. Okay. I have an idea. I was thinking over that if, and y'all let me know what y'all think too. Sure. That on this California Alley Club, right? They do most of the time. They do all the men and stuff like that, and they all get you know big deal with the men. What do y'all think of having one night for for women only to be recognized? Oh my God, I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be totally 100% on board with that one. I love it. For just mm-hmm. women only, okay? Well, I'm going to try to put I'm going to try to talk to some people and everything and see what I can get done and see if we can't, you know, do an have an extended night so we can have just a you know, just women that they can, you know, the fans can get to know and stuff like that. And the people come up there so they can actually see, you know, the women's from the, you know, the eight, maybe if there's any from the sixties living, you know, and then the seventies and the eighties and the nineties. That would be amazing. Everybody has a story to tell how different over the years it has become for women wrestlers. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I am so thankful that you agreed to be here. I know you don't do a lot of these uh, type of things, but I'm so grateful we made history tonight. We got, you know, four of the most incredible women in the business here, all in one spot. And, uh, and I cannot personally thank you enough. Dan, I think we are gratefully indebted to these fabulous, fierce females. Absolutely. This was a wonderful night. Uh, I appreciate all everything everybody said. It was obvious. It was candid. Several stories I know, even as a wrestling historian, I've never heard. Uh, maybe next time, Jennifer, you won't sugarcoat it and tell us how you really feel. Yeah, exactly. But it was uh, it was truly an honor. It's it's moments like this is why I, I enjoyed being part of the show. Well, Princess thank you, Victoria, any yeah. final you, thoughts, anything to promote before I let you go? Well, I've still got the T-shirt from uh, Tom Filthier's Games for sale. Yeah. You know, I've got 8x10. Uh, people can contact me on Facebook. I'll also put some pictures up of the 8x10s and the, and the T-shirt on your website, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. Please, by all and means. I'm open for booking, not wrestling. No, I can, I can, my right hand still works. It's the one part of my, part of my body that still works. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> what, I'll, I would like to, uh, while I got you here, uh, I, I am booked for the Icons of Wrestling convention in Philadelphia at the ECW Arena. Just as soon as they reschedule that event, I would love to bring you in. I would love to come. Beautiful. In more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless you. If I have the they come in. Oh, man. Promote away, Casey. Well, um, you know, we're, we're kind of just now at the point for me where there's something to promote again. Um, I'm getting back in the ring for the first time, what, since February? The on Saturday out in Wisconsin for Brew City. So everyone can, uh, my website will go back to being updated now that I have some material to put out there. Everyone can visit my website at CaseyCarlisle.com. Find me on Facebook, on Twitter, 
Instagram, all the social media. Um, you know, but as, as my schedule picks back up, I'll be putting out a lot of content for everybody and getting back into hopefully the normal swing of things soon. And can I just say that it was such an honor. I'm so happy that I got to sit back and listen a little bit more tonight because this was a thrill for me. I can't tell you how excited I was to be part of the oh, show with these ladies. Love you here. Thank and, you. Uh, mm-hmm. You are, all of you are, that this is an open invitation for all of you. You are all welcome back here. This show is your home. Anytime you want to promote or just talk or hang out, wrestling with the future is uh, is your platform. And uh, and I speak yes. on behalf of uh, Dan the Man and myself when I say that. Yes, sir. Jennifer Lopez, Sorceress Morgan, promote, my dear. Well, let's go. Let's go this way. I have actually one of my old posters from uh, the show that we're getting ready to do. Um, a 16-year-old actually did this poster for us, so I will put it out there. There you go. Beautiful. Um, My buddy, Dan Grail. Exactly. We have some awesome talent on the show. Um, we are actually uh, doing it for charity for a young woman who has been dealing with uh, domestic abuse. Mm. So all proceeds will be going to helping her get out of the state of New Jersey and into a better location where I know that she will be safe. Um, but uh, if you need to get my Facebook is Jennifer Lynn Lopez. Um, I also have a Twitter, but I could not tell you what the, I'm not on it very often. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> um, I mean, I see the ladies like Casey and all them. I see what they, they post, but um, I'm not a, a Twitter kind of person. I'm more Facebook and stuff okay. like that. So, if, I mean, if you want to add me, please do so. Jennifer Lynn Lopez, can't miss the purple hair. <laughs> I will let Dan do the sign-off tonight, but before he does, some of our upcoming guests include Part 2 with Superstar Bill Dundee. We've got next week Scott Teal, the uh, wrestling author. Scott Teal will be here. We have a non-wrestling show with Mike Williams from the Sage of Quay. He is the man affectionately called the Paul is Dead guy. Uh, You can check Mike Williams out at Sage of Quay. We've got Wrestling Wives. We've got, this is a fascinating lineup. Mrs. Jimmy Snooker, Mrs. Wahoo McDaniel, and Mrs. Bruiser Brody will be with us. All on one panel joining us. Next week, as a matter of fact, we've got a, uh, a very special show coming up on July 2nd with Joyce Grable. July 7th, we will have an indie state of mind. We will discuss the indie scene. The Tennessee stud, Ron Fuller, will be joining us, as will Andrew Anderson, John Arezzi. We will discuss a return to the territories on July 21st. Baby Doll will make her third appearance with us on July 23rd. And we will finish out the month of July with our favorite from Devotion Championship Wrestling, the one and only Tombstone Jesus will be with us. That just gets us through July. I haven't even touched August yet. (laughs) So, Dan the Man, take us home, brother. All right, well, for Wrestling with the Future, I'm also currently running shows. I took over for 
the late great Jeff the Ref. I run the Ref's Roundtable. We have several events coming up, including discussions on uh, video games. We've touched on modern wrestling, uh, our look at the territories, and some other analysis. Uh, wrestling with the Future can be found on Facebook at Wrestling with the Future Podcast. We can be found on Twitter at Wrestling Future. That's no G, Wrestling Future. So for Wrestling with the Future, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, buy the T-shirts at the link below. And uh, for Angelo, I'm Dan the Man. You all have a great night. Take care, everybody. See you next time. Happy wrestling. Bye-bye. All right. <laughs>